Hi, and welcome to the Living Room Scripture Lessons. My name is Brad Constantine, and this set of lessons is from the Come Follow Me curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Although this is not an official recording of the Church, every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. There are several other Come Follow Me resources to help with your Gospel and Scripture study. These lessons tend to go a little deeper into the doctrine than most resources. Hopefully this resource will be different enough from the others that you'll come back each week. On the Living Room Scripture Lesson website is a digital version of the lessons, which has more material than can be mentioned in the podcast. You can download that PDF resource and use it as you like. As with other online resources, you can like, share, and subscribe to the podcasts. Again, welcome to this Come Follow Me resource. I hope you like it. Hi, and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Lessons. This is lesson number 50, and we are doing Revelation uh, 12 through 22, and this one will happen to be chapter 21 and 22. We're going to finish it up here with these two chapters. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, discussion of Revelation and that it's been a little bit more understandable to you, I'm hoping. Verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The new earth is much more than simply a globe made new. It is also a new society, a new way of living. It is a place where God may dwell. It is a state of being in which there is no death, sorrow, or pain. It is a habitation for the heirs of God. In section 88 it says, Therefore it must needs be sanctified from all unrighteousness, that it may be prepared for the celestial glory. For after it hath filled the measure of its creation, it shall be crowned with glory, even with the presence of God the Father, that bodies who are of the celestial kingdom may possess it forever and ever. For for this intent was it made and created. And for this intent are they sanctified. And again, verily I say unto you, the earth abideth the law of a celestial kingdom, for it filleth the measure of its creation, and transgresseth not the law. Therefore, or wherefore, it shall be sanctified, yea, notwithstanding it shall die. It shall be quickened again, and shall abide the power by which it is quickened, and the righteousness shall inherit it. The righteous shall inherit it. In other words, the earth will die, but then get resurrected. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was a there was no more sea. Seas shall no longer separate islands and continents as at present. All the land surface of the earth shall be united into one body, like as it was in the days before it was divided, as it was during the days of the Garden of Eden. <clears throat> Uh, verse number two, and I saw John, and, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. In Revelation 21, it appears that John is seeing the heavenly New Jerusalem descend after the final battle when Satan is cast away forever, while in Moses 7, it seems that the city will descend before the millennium. Perhaps the Lord may send the holy city. <clears throat> down at the beginning of the millennium, remove it during the final time of wickedness on the earth because the earth may not be worthy to have the city present in that period, and finally restore it to its rightful place after Satan is conquered and cast out for good. And that's from understanding Revelation. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and he be their God. In other words, this is the celestial kingdom. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And by the way, Jesus is also everything in between. And I will give unto him that, uh, that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. 
again, we have some temple image. Remember that the temple in Jerusalem will have water coming out from it and that will actually seal, that will heal the Dead Sea. Uh, and so this water is, uh, is from Jesus Christ and also the Holy Ghost. Verse 7, he that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. God is assuring us of a close relationship with him. We will be with him forever in the celestial kingdom. Verse 8, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So these are the celestial people. This is both a warning and an invitation, a warning that those who do not repent of ungodliness will not be able to enjoy the sweet existence of, on the new paradisiacal earth and an invitation to turn from such wickedness. Again, that was from understanding the book of Revelation. After the separation of the body and spirit, which is, is the natural death, the wicked and ungodly die a second death, a spiritual death, meaning that they are cast out of the presence of the Lord and are dead as pertaining to things of righteousness, which are the things of the spirit. But when those, who were, but when those here designated have suffered for their own sins, after they have paid the utmost farthing in hell, after they have suffered the wrath of Almighty God until the fullness of times, they shall come forth in the second resurrection and receive their inheritance in the celestial kingdom. That is the allotted period of their spiritual death shall cease. Death and hell shall deliver up the dead which are in them, and all men except the sons of perdition shall receive their part in the kingdoms which are prepared. Thus these vessels of wrath are the only ones on whom the second death shall have any power after the resurrection, meaning the sons of perdition. <clears throat> Verse 9, And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Again, back to verse 2, he says, huh? Verse 11, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone. Remember that the jasper stone is the last stone on the breastplate of Aaron. Clear as crystal, meaning that the city will be beautiful. The celestial city will shine like a precious stone in the same way the earth will shine when it is celestialized. Verse 12, and had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and at the gates 12 angels. It may be that these angels represent the angels Brigham Young described when he defined the temple uh, when he defined the temple endowment, your endowment is to receive all those ordinances in the house of the Lord, which are necessary for you after you have departed this life to enable you to walk back to the presence of the Father, passing the angels who stand as sentinels, being enabled to give them the key words and signs and tokens pertaining to the holy priesthood and gain your eternal exaltation in spite of earth and hell. Continuing verse 12, and names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. We enter Zion through the gate of, or by membership in, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. On the, on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. This is the same description that we find in, the chap, in, in Ezekiel chapter 48 of the temple um, that he had the vision of. He says uh, in, in Ezekiel, he says, and these are the goings out of the city on the north side, 4,500 measures, and the gates of the city shall be after the names of the tribes of Israel, three gates northward, one gate of, of Reuben, one gate of Judah, one gate of Levi, and so on. So he names the each of the tribes on each of the gates. Verse 14, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. 
And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city. Remember I mentioned earlier that measuring meant that it was protected. And the gates thereof and the wall thereof, that which is measured is protected by God. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And, the, and he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs, or a stadia. A stadium was about 607 English feet, or about 185.2 meters. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And this is about 1,381 miles. So it's uh, it's 1,381 miles wide um, and, and also high. And he measured the wall thereof in 104 and four, 140 and 4 cubits according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. So this is about 216 feet tall is what the wall is. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. And the first and the foundation of the wall of the city was garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth an emerald. He's, he's, uh, these stones are similar to those in Exodus, one stone for each of the tribes of Israel. The fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth the topaz, the tenth the chrysoprasus, chrys Chrysoprasus? <laughs> I'm not sure how to say that one. The eleventh adjacent and the twelfth an amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. This is where we get the pearly gates from, I guess. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Uh, this is from uh, Millet McConkie. Here is a city in size and dimensions in splendor and glory, which is so far beyond human experience or comprehension that there is no way to convey to the finite mind what the eternal reality is. Hence the expression relative to precious stones, to streets of gold and to pearly gates. It is noteworthy that the city is cubic in shape, calculated on the basis of 606 feet, 9 inches to the furlong. Its outer limits will stretch nearly 1,400 miles in length and breadth and height. This means there will be approximately two million, no, two billion seven hundred forty-four million cubic miles of dwelling space within its sacred portals. Um, that goes up into the atmosphere of the earth. So uh, somehow this is. I wonder if it's just symbolic. Anyway, I don't know. Verse 22, And I saw no temple therein. All the genealogy work has been done, and everyone has been sealed. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. We will also have light, so there won't be any need for the sun and the moon on the earth that we live on in the celestial kingdom. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Kings are those who have been exalted, the kings and priests from the temple. And the gates of it shall not be shut all day by not, at all by day, for there shall be no night there. God is the light of the city, and they shall, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And that's the people of the celestial kingdom. Chapter 22. We're getting close to the end of Revelation here. Aren't you excited? Verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water, of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. I remember I said before about the water coming out from underneath the temple. And uh, notice that most temples have a fountain in front of them too, symbolic of the the, the water of God, the, the water from the from Jesus Christ. Verse 2, In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was a tree of life, 
There is no cherubim guarding this tree. Notice, we are allowed to eat freely. The Greek word may be plural, meaning that the trees of life are, are the exalted souls who live in the celestial city. Um, so the, it may mean here the trees of life, which is which would represent us, which bear twelve manner of fruits and yielded every fruit every yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. When John sees it, the tree of life, the nations have no need of healing, for there is no death, neither pain nor sorrow, for the former things have passed away, and all things are become new. Consequently, he speaks in the in the past tense, and says they were for the healing of the nations. Of course, referring to the times when they existed temporally, according to Ezekiel, before their final change. That was by Parley P. Pratt. Verse 3, And there shall be no more curse. The curses given at the fall have all been removed. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. The fall has been overcome. We are back in God's presence. Verse 4, And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. An individual hears the name or mark of the person with whom he or she is allied. Or allied. To bear another's name seems to indicate that one has become like that other person. Therefore, with the Father's name in our foreheads, we can know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's from understanding the book of Revelation. Anciently, it was difficult to tell a free man from a slave, so a mark was put either in the palm of the hand or on the forehead to identify a slave. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign for ever and ever. Those who inherit exaltation in the celestial kingdom shall be gods. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets, Jehovah Jesus Christ, sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly, in other words, not soon, but in a quick manner, that is, with speed and suddenness, after all of the promised conditions preceded have occurred. That was from Millet McConkie. Here's the, the last blessed. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and and when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See that thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren the prophets. The angel is a prophet. And of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. The angel that appeared to John on the Isle of Patmos was a translated or resurrected body. That was by Joseph Smith. Verse 10, And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. This is Book of Mormon language here that we're talking about. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and everything in between. Verse 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without any, for without are dogs, or heathen Gentiles, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let us, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the, take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, If any man say, shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. This is a copyright on the book of Revelation. 
And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. I wonder if that uh, frightened anybody that was trying to copy or remove parts of the Bible. And when they saw this, they decided they probably shouldn't do that. I don't know. Just guessing. Uh, and from things which are written in this book, he that he which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And that's John's concluding comments. I bear testimony that this is a revelation given by the Lord unto John, and it's about Jesus Christ, and, and it has rich symbolism, and, and hopefully this was helpful in getting a better understanding of, of the book of Revelation. I bear testimony that these things are true, and know that we can understand uh, what what John saw, and uh, bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the end of the Come Follow Me lessons. I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, next week it will begin the Book of Mormon.